As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into human hands and they will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised. And they were greatly distressed. Words from the gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter, beginning to read at the 22nd verse. May I speak in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our readings this evening paint a pretty poor picture of humanity's ability to discern and follow the will of God. Our first reading from the book of Ecclesiasticus reminds us of the prophecy that before the great and terrible coming of the Lord, he will first send the prophet Elijah to help us get our act together, to calm the wrath of God before it breaks out in fury, to turn the hearts of parents to their children, and to restore the tribes of Jacob. Likewise, our second reading recalls the poor response of our fellow human beings to the events of salvation history unfolding before their eyes. Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but they did to him whatever they pleased. Even the disciples are described as faithless and perverse. Jesus even asks, in words that cut to the quick, how much longer must I be with you? How much longer must I put up with you? The irony is rich here. Immediately after complaining at the disciples' lack of faith and asking how much longer he must be with this generation, he prophesies his own departure at the violent hands of his fellow human beings. It seems that he knows he won't be here for much longer. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into human hands and they will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised. The disciples are greatly distressed. We too might be distressed by the tawdry picture our readings present for the response of our fellow human beings. We too might be distressed to find out that our best plans for renewed Lenten devotion and transformation of our failings through Lenten discipline will probably come to nothing. And yet to focus on how much we fail and how much we are bound to fail is to completely miss the point of our readings this evening. How much longer must I be with you? How much longer must I put up with you? The thick irony of this question shifts our focus from the failing of our response to the eternal presence of Christ with us. How much longer must I be with you? Jesus asks. I will be with you always, Jesus promises at the end of the same gospel. We are doomed to fail. Our sin runs so deep that our response to God will always falter as we try to grow in the love of God and of neighbor. But this is the wrong way of looking at what the gospel teaches us. What matters is not so much how well or badly we do in following Christ, but how we receive the gift of life that Christ is always trying to give us, knowing that we are destined to falter along the way. This evening we are reminded that faith is that essential aspect of Christian life, which begins the transformation of our life in Christ. We long for this Lent and every Lent. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, we read, 
You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Or, as we'll hear shortly this evening, faith, our outward sense befriending, makes our inward vision clear. To have faith, to believe that Christ is with us, transforming our own shoddy response to God's call in our life, is the first step to living that life which God calls us to every day. By faith, we begin to see where we might be failing to live God's call in our lives. And we begin to see the life to which God is always calling us. Faith teaches us the irony of Christ's how much longer must I be with you by revealing to us the truth of his promise to be with us always. Faith reveals to us that Christ is with us even now in his church, in the sacrament which we are about to adore, in the lives of our fellow human beings who, like us, are being transformed by the presence of Christ as they too take their own faltering steps in response to Christ's call. This evening's readings remind us not so much to focus on the shoddiness of our response, but to, leave it to, but to believe in the abundance of the gift of life in Christ, which he is ever trying to give us, and to make that our starting point. In fact, not just our starting point, but our be-all and end-all. If we do this, if we shape our lives according to this abundant gift, then our response begins to look a little less shoddy and a little more like the one we adore under the veil of the sacrament this evening.